Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Hello, everybody. The week is over. It is Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, and that means right here on Ready Check Radio, it is time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up podcast. We've got news all over the board today, and of course, yeah, a little bit of cyberpunk, the the gift that just keeps on giving to podcasters, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> just every week keeps on giving. So we're going to be going through all of it. We've got chat, as always, live with us, giving us their opinions as we go, maybe putting them in the show, depending on what they've got to say. If you're watching on YouTube or over on readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O.com, or just listening on Spotify, hope you'll consider, head on over to the website. You can follow everything from there, our YouTube, our Twitter, our Twitch, and everything. Make the live show, bring a friend, help us grow in 2021. This is our first full year going in 2021, just launching in the last quarter there. So help us grow, keep us going, and doing these wonderful, fun shows, because I've got a blast with doing them, and uh, I've got a blast hanging out with, with my friends, starting with Mr. Jason Winter. How are you, sir? Wait, we're friends? Well, I was kind of being nice. Like, it's being recorded, uh, okay. so I didn't want to... Thanks. Yeah. I, I have a friend. Chad, I have a friend now. <laughs> I feel special. Big boy glitch coming in with the raid. Welcome, welcome. Also, my other friend. What's up, Yod? How are you? God, that your with connection to Discord connection, is just yeah. fucking awful. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure We're going to give out. you off next week, though, so you can figure yeah, it out. And yeah, we're going to have I'll, Troy I'll Blackburn, uh, noob, the noob fridge himself, sit in with Jason and I. So hopefully you can yeah, figure it out. How, right. how are you doing this week, though? How are you doing? Um, doing all right, you know. Everything going on everywhere. There's a lot of bad connection. Yeah, there's a lot of get well now your camera looks really good. Uh okay, there we go. There we go. It just needs a second. Yeah, just need a second. It just needs a second. Treat it nice. Treat it nice. Yes. Give it a little pet. All right, we got a lot to get to, so let's let's get started. Some of it'll be like really short, but there's gonna be a couple things that I know are gonna take a little longer. So we'll kind of intersperse them, Jason. What do you say? We'll like do a long one, a short one or two, a long one. We'll do it. Intersperse. That's a good word. I like that word. Yeah, I like that word. Uh, so first up, I think I think chat would beat us about the head and shoulders with lead pipes if we didn't start off with what was probably the biggest gaming news of the week, and that is that Lucasfilm properties are on the move, and by on the move, I mean away from EA. Now, not necessarily totally gone from EA. They were very, very careful to say that EA was still going to be a part of creating Lucasfilm games going forward. Uh, so they're still in play, but no longer exclusive, as we got word of two projects already underway. One, Indiana Jones uh, title under the... I don't even have an adjective. Eyes for of Bethesda. Like, I don't have an adjective there. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> The seeing eyes, I guess, of, of Bethesda. Uh, and then an open-world, story-driven Star Wars game 
under the tutelage of Ubisoft, more specifically Massive Entertainment, uh, who works on series like The Division. So, before we get into the individual games themselves, gentlemen, let's just talk about the idea first of moving some of these away from EA into other places. I don't think there's too much, too many people that are going to be like, oh, that's a bad thing, but your gut reaction. Were you surprised that it happened this fast, Jason, after Star Wars Battlefront 2, which I still, to this day, kind of view as the point at which Disney said maybe EA shouldn't be doing the only people doing Star Wars stuff anymore. So I remember back on Game Breaker, around like around when they had, when they announced the uh, the sale to Disney and the new movies coming out, I did an article and it, it it was it was an opinion article, but the headline made it look like news and I felt bad about it that I kind of I messed it up and it said uh, the new Disney deal will result in a new MMO something like that, which again sounded like news, which sounded wasn't the case. It was just in my opinion and my thought on what would happen. So I thought a while ago that they would get into doing something different, which at the time, you know, again, Star Wars Old Republic was going. That was obviously EA Bioware. And I thought that, yeah, around, and I think I actually gave a date of like 2020-ish or something like that. I said, that's about when we might see a new game and maybe not from EA because they're doing their thing, just like uh, SOE did Galaxies, EA had this, and then someone else might do the next thing. So... I thought it was possible that we could, down the road, get some non-EA Star Wars properties. Although I didn't think that it would be resultant. Uh, it was somewhat resultant because of how kind of poorly uh, Old Republic was doing at the time. But I didn't really think it would be because of a giant controversy like the Battlefront loot boxes and so forth. So I, I think it's, it was going to happen at some point, but I didn't necessarily know what would be the impetus for it particularly. Yeah, and then after the Battlefront stuff, um, Yad, you had Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is generally a positive re positively received game. Uh, I enjoyed the game. My son enjoyed the game as well. It's rather well-reviewed and everything. Maybe not top, top tier, but it's up there as a solid Star Wars adventure story-driven game uh, published by EA. So then it was easy to see when that came out that, okay, well, maybe EA kind of learned a lesson and doesn't want to lose the Disney slash Lucasfilm <laughs> license. And so, you know, let's, let's give them what they want type deal. Uh, but apparently that wasn't enough because here we are with multiple publishers picking up Lucasfilm properties. And I, I would, I would be stunned if these were the last we heard in 2021. I have a feeling we're going to hear about a few more Lucasfilm properties uh, divvied up across some developers later this year. Right. I, I, I definitely agree with you there. And it's. My God, you I look like 8 bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm seeing that on the iPad right now. It's wow. But um, <laughs> that, that not being the point. <laughs> um, I, I think Disney's used to having a certain amount of control. And I have a feeling the original contract between Lucas Films, Lucas Arts, whatever you want to call it at the time, um, and EA was a little too much out of the hands of uh, the copyright holder. So, yeah, I, I, I really felt that Disney at some point was going to step in and go, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Right. Here's the new paperwork. 
So that makes sense. It's, it's like when you're a football team, it's a new coach and general manager. Now they want the own, their own quarterback. So right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You want your players on the field. You, you yeah, want exactly. things to be up to your standard, which before, you know, the, the Lucas brand was kind of like, okay, we're done doing games. Here, EA, do, do what you will. Just give us a paycheck afterwards. Yeah, you know? I, all, uh, across the top of this, this news story, I am, I'm very happy by the, uh, by the news. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very thrilled. I love Star Wars. Everybody watching this probably knows that. I Maybe you don't know, I do love the Indiana Jones franchise. We'll get to this game specifically in a second and whether I love it or not. But as a franchise, I love it with the exception of the, of course, the most recent film. Um, you love all three of the movies. I love all three of the movies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love all three of the movies. Funny story. I took my kids, my two boys, to see that in the theaters when it came out. And they were, I, I forget what year it came out. If one of you knows, I can tell you how old my kids were. But they were younger. Um, and so I took my two boys to see it. My daughter had no desire. I think she was way too little to even care about this. So we went to go see it, and they were just on the way home. This was so cool. This was awesome, and this part, and this part, and this part, and this part, and this part. Daddy, did you like it? Daddy, did you like it? And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy liked the movie. Yeah? Oh, Your yeah. kids like Jar Jar yeah. Binks, too. Funny, like, you fast-forward, like, four years or so, and they watch the other ones, and they start to, like, understand them a little more uh, rather than just the surface-level action-adventure. <laughs> and both of them have since gone, man, that last one was awful. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm very happy to see some of these franchises. I hope we'll see some more um, uh, of the, the Lucasfilm properties, like some of the smaller ones. Like, I'd like to see uh, Monkey Island and stuff like that make different comebacks. Granted, those are smaller, Monkey more niche Island. titles. but Wow. Yeah, I love the monkey. I guy brush three <laughs> three wood. Um, I, so I'd like to see those. Of course, I'd like to see like Tie Fighter games, and you go anywhere you want in the Star Star Wars uh, universe. But we've got two to deal with, so let's get your opinions on these. We'll start with the Bethesda one because I think that's the one we we really have. Uh, probably all have the same opinion on this one. Bethesda making an Indiana Jones game. I, I'm not even putting in the trailer uh, as B-roll here. It's literally less than 30 seconds when you count the blackouts. And um, and all it is is a panning shot of a desk and somebody picks up a hat, uh, Indy's hat, and there's a whip underneath of it. So that's pretty much all you got. No other details, no release date, not a lot. Jason, initial thoughts? Uh coming out along what 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 is the pipeline for Bethesda between that and Elder 6 and Starfield it's like they have all this stuff that they've got stored up that is going to come out in like 2038 or something it's like I, I don't even look forward to Bethesda games anymore they're coming someday whenever they get around to it and when they do they'll be bugging it'll take another year and a half to you know work out the bugs so i mean when you think about yeah. it that is a fair point they have a super full platter of in development mm-hmm. right now Right. I mean, they have the Oblivion expansion to Elder Scrolls Online coming sometime this year. They've, of course, got the Elder Scrolls Six. They got the space game that's never going to fucking come out. I mean, they, they, I mean, they've got a full platter of stuff. Oh, by the way, you still got to keep Fallout seventy six somewhat interesting for the people that are still playing it, and that's and uh, release eighteen more versions of Skyrim. Right. <laughs> Right, I'm sure there's nine other consoles at some point. I mean, hey, Skyrim needs a PS5 and an Xbox Series X version now at this uh, point. They're so. working on the PS6 version right now. <laughs> exactly. Sure. So I don't know. Like, And Bethesda doesn't exactly have the greatest track record, particularly upon release. 
in some cases they stay that buggy but uh, particularly upon release they always end up a little bit uh, a little bit dicey here and there yod it's i just don't, don't know say. it's hard for me to i love indiana jones i would love to see a proper action adventure maybe open world story driven indiana jones game it has been a long time coming i just don't know if i had my pick Bethesda probably makes my list. I love the lore and stories in Skyrim, obviously, and in Elder Scrolls Online. Like, it's a, the one of two MMOs that I read the quest text and listen to the voice acting. But I don't know if they win my bid if, if it was my choice. I mean, it's Bethesda. So the story will be interesting. You'll, you'll get some kind of interesting gameplay out of it and i'm sure the fans will mod it to hell and back and it'll be fine after that uh, they'll, they'll fix all the graphics and stuff like you know the pixelation like i have the, the all the mods and stuff that come in afterwards like with skyrim will smooth out the textures and graphics and it'll, it'll, it'll look great funny as you say that your picture clears up yeah it's <laughs> yeah. finally got to it <laughs> Beast dropping bits. I know I've thanked you. I know you don't have the show notes. This that was a joke. Uh, I've thanked you. Jason has thanked you, and now we'll we'll give you a thanks on camera here uh, as well for dropping bits there. Uh, much appreciated, my friend. So Does the next question lights? is, what's that? Doesn't he get disco lights? Disco lights. <laughs> we could do disco sure. lights. I'm not going to do the cheering uh, during okay. a podcast, but I'll put the disco lights on in the background for you. Uh, we won't do the cheering that we normally hey, do on stream. Yeah, right. um, so you got the. All right, you're gonna burn my disco lights out, beast. <laughs> Give them to you again. There, thank you. Uh, so then the next logical question, Zista does bring it up in chat. He doesn't know we have the show notes, but we're, the next question is with Microsoft owning Bethesda. Do we see the Indiana Jones game on platforms outside of PC and Xbox? We've already had the kind of weird discussions going on about Elder Scrolls 6 and future titles in general. And I think there's a little more gumption to want to put Elder Scrolls 6 on as many platforms as you can. But I can actually right. see an argument for an Indiana Jones title being used to try and move Xbox units and, and be sold on the PC, Jason. Although by the time that comes out, assuming that it is going to be on the PS5 or the, this this current generation, yeah, 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 is it going to be three years down the line? And they say, well, we really need to move more Xboxes now, move more Xbox, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I, I could I could see it going either way with this. Uh, I just don't know. We just don't know until we know a little more about what what Microsoft has in mind for uh, Bethesda's games in terms of exclusivity. I just think we can't uh, can't make any sort of guess on it. Wow, really? Not even going to make a prediction. All right. Yeah. No, no. no. I, I, I want to say because of all the exclusives that Sony had for the PS4, Xbox is a little butthurt and is going to want to try for a one-year exclusive on anything they can get their hands on. Yeah, we talked about on the Relic Grind on Thursday that Project Athia is due to come out in January of next year or maybe a little sooner than right. many of us thought. And that means we won't see the Xbox version of that game until 2024 because of a two-year exactly. exclusive that mm -hmm. Sony has locked up with Project Athia. So, I mean, I can absolutely kind of see. Yep. Now, is Indiana Jones the console mover? Uh, I don't think so anymore. Yep. You know, I don't think the franchise is as powerful as it once was. Maybe it will become more powerful again with a game and another movie and things that are we all know are in the works. But... 
Yeah, I, I could see a desire to want to make this exclusive to because again, when Microsoft has that benefit, right? That when you make it Xbox exclusive, it it can still come out on PC too and right. not look stupid. Right. Where Sony doesn't have the capability to do that without people going, well, it's not really exclusive. Uh, I don't know. I could see a desire to want to do it. And, and I'll, I'll actually put a prediction out there, Jason. I'm going to say, yes, they make this uh, Microsoft exclusive so that at least for like a year or something like Yod, you alluded to, at least a timed exclusive, if not a permanent exclusive uh, to try and, and move some units and have that unique title, which by proxy, I think will put more pressure on Bethesda to make sure they get it somewhat right. We'll see. Somewhat. The second Somewhat, one, Jason, right? I think we're going to, Jason, we'll go to you first on this one because you were kind of uh, talking in chat prior to the show, maybe being a little more pessimistic, uh, just <laughs> kind of being conservative. Uh, Star Wars being given to Ubisoft, again, more particularly Massive Entertainment, the team behind the Division series. Uh, this is going to be an open world uh, story driven game. That's really all we know on this one right now, except we do have the added piece of information that it is going to use the Snowdrop engine. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody since Massive is the one developing it, that they're going to use their Snowdrop engine that they use for basically everything. Uh, what say you, Jason? What say I? Well, <laughs> you look at a game like, we'll take Cyberpunk, which we'll talk about later, but yep. obviously that had a little bit of hype, just a little bit. Little, little. Just a little. bit. Just a touch. Unlike you know, five, six, seven years ago, people were like, you know, here, take my money. I want this. I don't, you know, whatever. Maybe we're going to be three, four, five years from this coming out. And it's like, what? what is it? What, what do we know right now? It's a Star Wars game. Uses yep. a snowdrop engine. Open world. Yep. Story driven. Story driven. And that's, that's about it. I know right now. That's it. Yep. Don't get hyped for this just because it's Star Wars. Please don't. Learn more about the game first before you're willing to go nuts over it because as we said there have been like 18,000 Star Wars games over the past few years anyway so it's not like this one is necessarily going to be a ton better than Fallen Order or better than Battlefront who knows right so I, do, I, I can't get hyped for it at all until I know more about the game well, and we also do know again Ninja pointing out in chat as well that the story is going to be worked on collaborated with Lucasfilm's representatives and will be canon Yod and that does kind of make it right. a little more interesting to uh, heavy yeah, duty man. Star Wars fans uh, but we've also seen them not only retcon canon through the years but throw out <laughs> canon when they just like you know what we sold it uh, Disney says yeah no 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 the extended universe doesn't that doesn't exist anymore Right. Uh, but that is definitely a selling point. I liked that uh, Fallen Order was canon. Um, I, I like how the... I, I know. I know in quotes. I know if they wanted to tomorrow to just say it's not canon anymore, they could. Um, Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire trilogy should absolutely be canon. Uh, I'm sorry. It just should. So, But that is a little bit of a selling point to us Star Wars junkies, Yad. Yes, and, and the, the whole canon issue, I can see where disney was coming from with it and i can see where fans are coming with it because the fans i mean i, I am a star wars fan to an extent um in the whole star wars versus trek argument i lean more towards trek but i i do enjoy and watch star wars i enjoyed you know all three of the films and the the clone wars animated series and 
Rebels as well. Um, but uh, Disney had to have control. That that was the whole thing. And when when Lucas um, let people write, he didn't care about authorizing it. He just went, yeah, all books are canon. Go. So yeah, they they had to cut it somewhere. But the so everything moving forward, I think, is gonna be canon and mostly stay canon. And I think that's where the representative from Lucas comes in and why they needed to kind of take back control from EA, uh, the series and, and the copyright on it. So a little bit of hype, a little bit. But yeah, it's it's um it's so far off with and with no story details thus far, it's hard to get too excited about it. Yeah. I'm still excited about it. Like <laughs> I, I'm not like, oh my god, this needs to come out tomorrow, but I'm very much looking forward to more details on it. What if uh, you get excited about it and all of a sudden, oh by the way, it's based off of that last movie that we're not talking about. Well, I don't care. I would play that. I would play that. I don't hate the last movie as much as many as many people do. I mean, it's not the best of them, but I'm also like, I'm a grown man. I'm not going to go in and be like blasting and setting the internet on fire because my space opera light sword laser gun fantasy movie wasn't, you know, a blockbuster mega deep experience like i'm fine whatever <laughs> there's plot holes uh yeah great okay it's fucking star wars just sit back and enjoy it anyway uh yeah so there you go our initial thoughts on that let's jump to uh, a couple smaller pieces and then we'll jump back into <laughs> oh god uh the gift that keeps on giving uh coming out in february let's go with some nintendo stuff uh, I only brought this to the table. Again, we're going to have at the beginning of February us talking about February's release slate. So we'll probably talk more about this specific game. I just thought it was kind of neat if you watch the trailer for uh, Mario Super Mario 3D World and the Bowser's Fury edition uh, to it. That It looks pretty badass, actually, I thought. I, I'd like seeing a, a meaner more uh, evil, almost a scary Bowser. So I thought it was a neat little take. And yeah, most of the game you've probably already played or or have experience with, but this additional uh, piece, the Bowser's Fury piece, is some just some tender loving for you Mario fans. Maybe a little end game. Looks, looks to be, through the trailer, a little bit harder content. And it's always nice to see, in my book, things like Mario taken in different directions rather than just guaranteeing it's going to be a platformer that I can absolutely whoop up on and beat it very quickly because I'm very good at platformers. But if I want more challenge, then I kind of have to make the challenge for me. Um, I, and I like a darker Bowser. I don't know. The the trailer spoke to me with a darker Bowser, so I threw it in the show notes, Yod. So sue me. Yeah, I saw that. I, I watched the video for it, and the first thing I thought was, wait a minute, wait a minute. When did Bowser become Deathwing? <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> and then Mario gets in a big ass cat suit and we have almost <laughs> a Mighty Super Morphin Saiyan. Power Rangers end of the episode big yep. neck fight between the two of them yep. I don't know I thought it was no. neat I liked it yeah, it was fun it looked fun it did look fun I mean don't get me wrong I, I'm not that much of a Mario guy but it, it did look like it was a lot of fun and I'm guessing the wife might get it since she's a <laughs> Switch player <laughs> Jason do you have a so, Switch yeah. yet? 
I, I know. I think at one time we talked, and you were thinking about getting one, but I don't. I don't know if have one. Did. We have one in the household over to. Oh, you have one. Here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think there's one. I think we have. I think we have two in the household. I think I'm the only one in the household that does not own a switch. <laughs> uh, so are but, you? But yeah, you know, would this be something you would buy, or you? You just does Mario not do it for you anymore? I don't know. The last time I bought a Mario game was in the Bush administration. The first <laughs> Bush. Oh You're my. the only person I know <laughs> that would tie his video game purchases to presidential administrations <laughs> when talking about That's when you bought that. Well. Most people would be like, oh, the last time I played a Mario game, I think I was like, 19 or I was like 19 or 20 and he's like that's about when I played my last Mario the game. last time I played 20. a boxing game was in on the Atari during the Reagan administration <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, when, I, when I saw this I thought of um, the last Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield where the, oh, geez. The, 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 you can fight against raids against a giant giant Pokemon and you can right. max your Pokemon and make it huge that's what I was thinking or like Mario and, and Bowser just max Pokemon God, I'm hosting a show what? with maniacs, with maniac, <laughs> and then we're just we're inviting another maniac next week. For God's sake, you did this voluntarily. I I know, I know. I don't even get paid for this shit. Although neither do you, so you guys uh, gotta, you, gotta, you guys got to put up with bits. me. You got so. paid for it. Oh yeah, I got a couple of bits there. Um, oh by the way, there is also a new switch coming out. If you don't have one for like some reason, you might be in the minority there. Uh, oh, very, hey, who do very, I know like that? <laughs> very Mario themed in reds and blues. It actually comes out on my birthday, uh, February twelfth. So if you're looking, I think this kind of looks cool. I, if I didn't have, there's two switches in my house. Uh, I'm not gonna buy this, but I, if I didn't and I was looking for, I would absolutely buy this switch. Absolutely say, buy this. Is that a hint? I would absolutely buy this. No, 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 no. I don't want a switch for my birthday. God no. We already have yeah, two. We're fine. I, We're fine. The issue I have is that the regular Switch is, is red and blue already. So I look at this and I go, eh, I know it's no, Mario's the original, colors. The original Switch is all black except for the Joy-Con controllers. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, the, the, I, unit itself, yeah uh, the unit itself of, yeah. is all black. So yeah. this this is a whole new color scheme to it. Give me like a green Switch or a purple one or something. <laughs> well, you can. I guess you can buy like together? covers. No. I see a turquoise. Really there's a turquoise for the Switch Lite. There's yeah, a, the Switch Lite you can. Orange Joy Cons. Yeah, give me something different. I don't want red and blue. I'm tired of it. I like the yeah. Mario look. I like it. I think it looks. What? Neat. I'm getting I'm getting crap from the side here. <laughs> but I want the Joy Cons to be different. At least something different. Your partner's gonna beat your ass live yeah. on camera, <laughs> and it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. I love it. Where's my popcorn? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I I will put up Jason's solo shot and just sit back. Um, we've got other Nintendo you news as well. Windshark gifting tiered subs there to people. Thank you, Windshark. No cheers during the the shows, but uh, we will give you cheers and lights after the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, congrats to those that got the subs. Also on the Ooh. Nintendo side of things, we talked about anniversaries last week. Turns out Pokemon's got a little bit of something going on, Jason. Yeah, it's got Katy Perry. Yeah. Wait, what? That's exactly what I expected for the when I when I think Pokemon, I think Katy Perry, of course. But yeah, I, I think I be, missed that part. No, you, she's you gonna did. be a part of the uh, the twenty fifth anniversary wait, celebration. Wait, if you missed that part, it means that you did not watch the entire video that was sent because it's right at the end. Right. I, I yeah. 
He got bored with the faux Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, from the Pokemon yeah. video. Awesome. I loved that. Thing. I love Rube Goldberg machines. I wish that one was yeah. real though. You could tell that there were a couple oh, yeah, spots yeah, where, obviously, yeah. yeah. But uh, I love those too. Like they're fascinating to me. Um, so yeah, yeah, huge. They're gonna make it like a whole year celebration though. So. Well, it's Pokemon. They tend to do that. Um, and I didn't put this in the show notes, but since we're talking about anniversaries, I do want to let you know as viewers and Jason and, and Yod, if you don't know, another series we talked about last week celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, uh, the Resident Evil series. They're going to have a huge blowout on January 21st, so in five days here. Next, what, Thursday, I think that is? Is that right? Yeah, next Thursday, this coming yeah. Thursday. Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. They're going to have a Resident Evil showcase streamed live. They're going to be showing off uh, new footage for Village. They're going to be doing all other kinds of Resident Evil anniversary events. And you can register right now for the closed beta test celebrating the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil. Now, I'm sure your next question, gentlemen, is what will you be testing? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you will be playing some type of Resident Evil game that isn't out. Nobody's played it yet. We don't know what it is. Will it be like the multiplayer modes for Resident Evil Village? If there are going to be any, will it be something else? We don't know. It'll be on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And you can sign up for that right now if you want to. Uh, I definitely will. Um, yeah, we Zelda 35th. We talked about that last show. Uh, that's the one that made us feel the oldest. So let's yep. get back to a story that's probably going to be a little more. Um, CD Project Red made a little game. You probably <laughs> heard about it. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, this week... In the, we talked about the lawsuits last show. We're we're gonna mention them here in a second for a very particular reason, but yeah, we we delved into the lawsuits last week. Uh, this week we get a video. Just basically uh, apologize. This was by uh, Chief Executive Officer uh, Marcin Winsky, uh, kind of, you know, given the old apology, uh, Jason, and went through why the delays or, or why the, the issues and how they underestimated the, the amount of time it would take. They were trying to amp up C, uh, Cyberpunk for this mega PC awesome video or a, vid, a video game. And then, hey, we'll just scale it down for the consoles and we'll be fine. And they underestimated that. Apologize says they weren't aware of how bad things were. We'll come back to that in a second. Uh, and then kind of outlined their commitment going forward. The patches they've already put in. There's another patch coming out in the next few days with one followed after that. If you're waiting for your PS5 or Xbox Series X upgrade, that's not going to happen till the back half of the year now. They've pushed the DLCs later in the year as well while they focus on this. Your take on the entire video there, Mr. Winter, because I'm going to be honest... I thought it was stunningly full of shit. You know, I did something that I've, I don't think I've ever done. All the years of podcasts I've been doing, anything I've done, like with you or with Game Breaker or whatever, you sent me the link. There was the video there. 
I didn't watch it because I don't care. I don't care about his excuses. <laughs> and you basically summed it all up saying, oh, they, we underestimated everything, but it was supposed to be so awesome. I read the stuff. I read the Q&A afterwards, but I'm just like, what, what is he going to say? He's not going to say anything meaningful. He's going to apologize, ask, forgive, ask forgiveness, not permission, that sort of thing. Like, I, I could have I guessed everything you just said, basically, just based on how I figured it was going to go. So, yeah, I agree with you. It It sounds like it was bullshit. It sounds like it was a whole lot of, well, we're sorry, but, yeah. you know, we I mean, still got our money, so who cares? Yod, I can appreciate the sentiment. I can appreciate the executive of the company or an executive officer standing up and saying, and, and he literally said this, do not blame the development teams or this or this. They are all very hardworking. They are talented. This was me and the board that made this call. We made the wrong call. We're the ones at fault, and I'm taking responsibility for that on this video. I can certainly appreciate that. CD Projekt Red, as he goes on in the video to talk about its history and its founding and clear, transparent communication and being like, you know, the gamer's company is kind of the persona they've always wanted. And I think until now, we would generally agree they pretty much had if you had to compare them to other businesses. But I can appreciate the, the desire to do that, but the video wasn't going to say what it needed to say, which is, and in fact, when you make an apology video, and I just don't see a way around the, around the fact that there's a lie in that video. Like, I don't know for sure, 100%, that he is being deceitful here. But you cannot ever convince me, Yad, that you did not know how bad the PS4 and Xbox One versions of this game was when it launched. You just cannot convince me that for some reason it worked perfectly on the units you had in your office and didn't when millions of people were able to get a hold of it. And by introducing that line, I lose faith in the rest of the video. I understand why he can't come out and say, we rushed it. We wanted to make the holiday season. We did this and this and this. Because if he acknowledges they knew how bad it was, it goes back to what we talked about last week with the lawsuits, that right. then they were purposely misleading shareholders and stuff, and now that lawsuit has a lot more teeth than it, it may have. But yeah, you just can't convince me they didn't know, which then throws that entire video into doubt for me. Right, there's, there's definitely a lie in there. Whether we can prove it or not is something else. Um, I got about halfway through the video when until when I realized when I, I got to the point essentially where I was like uh, he's just rehashing everything that went wrong and that's about it. I mean, kudos to him for you know taking responsibility as he should. Like Jason said, there's no way that they they didn't know how bad it sucked yeah. on the current gen consoles. Um, it gets a little no worse. Way... It gets a little worse, actually. It does, it does. but it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's also, I mean, the the fact that, you know, somehow between uh, the before the pandemic started and when the pandemic got going to release date, it somehow doesn't work anymore on the current gen consoles. You know, it's like, yeah, there's there's definitely something funny going on there. 
and I don't trust. I almost just, yeah, I kind of agree with Windshark in chat. Don't release a video. Like, I understand you're in a legal it, situation. Yeah. At that point, you, you really, you legitimately have the ability to fall back and say, we can't, I want to talk to you about the development cycle and some of the things, but we're involved in litigation that actually does involve those periods of time. So I'm going to have to wait till a future date to talk about that stuff. Um, right. Q&A they did, I think, although by itself would have been okay. Yeah. 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 Well, the Q&A is the what he says. Thingy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the, okay. yeah. If you read that Q&A, the answers yeah, are his script. Oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's exactly what he did in the video. Um, but I mean, the, the video, if he just went, I'm sorry, I'm taking responsibility. Here's yeah, a new timeline. E even that should have been like enough. That. Yeah. yeah, that should have been plenty. But he went on and on and on to the point where I was like, oh. The, the, as soon as he said they didn't know, it was that. I was like, right. nope. There's no way you know, you'll convince me that you didn't know. You know what it almost is? It's like he's the guy in charge. He's going to make the decision, whether yeah. it's to put out this video or whether it's to Oh, I'm sure the lawyers the were all over the video, though. I'm, I'm just saying that. Yeah. I'm just oh, saying yeah. I wonder if this is like the overall issue, that, uh -huh. he's, the, that he's the one making the decisions and he's right, without a question. So well, breaking today on Forbes. No, not Forbes. Um, where's the screw? Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg. 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 That's where Jason's at these days. Sorry. Um, Jason Schreier reports on Bloomberg uh, today. Headline reads, developers say they knew the game wasn't ready to be released publicly inside Cyberpunk 2077's disastrous rollout. Now this, Jason, goes on to allege some things that, if true, pretty much give the shareholders carte blanche in their lawsuit. <laughs> if true and can be proven... CD Projekt Red might be in a little trouble in that that lawsuit we talked about last week. Yeah, it's it's not. I, I feel like it's not one of Jason Schreier's best articles. He doesn't have a whole lot of like quotes from developers or horror stories of massive crunch or anything. But he gets a few of the points there. Talking about he talked with twenty current and former staff from the game company, who t described a company that focused on marketing at the expense of development and an unrealistic timeline that pressured someone to working extensive overtime long before the final push. So, yeah, he, he mentions a few of those topics, the sort of stuff that we kind of all guessed at. Yeah. And that's, again, why I put out that's not really the most groundbreaking thing in here. It does have one guy who says he crunched up to 13 hours a day or worked up to five days a week doing that. Um, he's some friends who lost their families because of these sorts of shenanigans, which, while kind of, while crappy, is certainly not that unusual for for a big game, crunch, a big game uh, right near the end of its development cycle. But more like when he talks about some of the, the dates they set, like how they announced it coming out in April originally. And some of the devs were like, what? How, how is that going to happen? This was like back around E3 of, of 2019, I think. Yeah. They said that date cannot be moved. It cannot be moved. And then, of course, they moved it again, and they moved it again, they moved it again. So it does come off as really, really just bad management and bad... Even putting the whole... Yeah, because you can't really blame COVID for that. COVID by April wasn't that big of a deal. Right. You can't blame a six-month delay on that. So. Well, I mean, they even go to uh, Jason even goes into the piece talking about you know we all have this idea that it was in development in 2012 because that's when we heard about it and it started mm -hmm. you know and everything and he alleges in the article that true development didn't really start until 2016 and they sure. were laying the tracks. He uses the analogy of a train on tracks while it's being while the tracks are being built at the same time because they're building the engine and the game at the same time rather sure. than giving the engine creators a lead time to, you know, six months by themselves to build the engine and then get a development for the, the game proper, then crunch for the employees. Yeah, you know, 13, 14 hours a day, five, six days a week type deal. 
and and just a lack of direction and things being cut and even alleges that one of the big reveal trailers was basically faked like they didn't have what they were doing yeah. there and and put it uh, it's all damning stuff if it's true and if it can be proven to CD Project Red's lawsuit now here's the thing i hate CD Project Red declined to be interviewed or to talk or to give a response to this uh, the, for this piece, for the content of this piece. However, after it goes live, Adam Bedowski, the uh, head of studio at CD Projekt Red, tweets out, I've read your piece and tweets. Thank you for, your, for the read. I have some thoughts. Now, immediately before I read these thoughts, I was like, no, that's not the way this works. <laughs> You were reached out to to say, here's what we do this on MMO Bomb all the time when we're, we're going to deal with a little more controversial, maybe a little more touchy, something we want to talk to the developer, get their take on things. Uh, we recently did this publicly with a, a Riot Games thing where I've sent copy of our article, and I'm sure Jason does the same thing just on a bigger scale because he's a Bloomberg and I'm at MMO Bomb, right? But you send them copy. Here's the article. Here's what we're going to write. We're going to publish this and we're going to see sometimes depending on the situation we may tell them when we're going to publish it we'd love to have a comment or if you want to sit down and talk about this before we publish it um maybe they'll comment maybe they'll sit down with you maybe you'll delay the piece add to the piece whatever that all happens but that's when that happens you don't then just jump on twitter and cherry pick what you want to respond to because that's exactly what adam did here Adam responds to three of the points made in Jason's article. The first point is fans and journalists were wowed by Cyberpunk 2077's ambition and scale. What they didn't know was that the demo was almost entirely fake. Adam replies to that point in Jason's article saying, it's hard for a trade show game demo not to be a test of vision or vertical slice two years before the game ships. But that doesn't mean it's fake. Compare the demo with the game, look at the dum-dum scene or the car chase or the many other things. What the people reading your article may not know is that games are not made in a linear fashion and start looking like the final product only a few months before launch. If you look at that demo now, it's different, yes, but that's what the work in progress watermark is for. Our final game looks and plays way better than that demo ever was. As for missing features, that's part of the creation process. Features come and go as we see if they work or not. Also, car ambushes exist in the final game almost verbatim to what we showed in the demo. If we get a bit more granular about our release, the vision we presented in this demo evolved into something that got multiple 9s out of 10s and 10s out of 10s on PC from many renowned gaming outlets in the world. For the old gen consoles, yes, that is another case, but we've owned up to that and are working super hard to eliminate bugs. On PC 2, we know that it's not a perfect version either, and we're proud of Cyberpunk 2077 as a game and artistic vision. That is all, uh, that all is not what I'd call disastrous. Uh, here's the thing. One, again, you're cherry picking what you're responding to, Jason. And two, the allegation isn't that things in the trailer never made it to game. The allegation is that at the time the trailer released, it was fake at that time. Now, maybe you kept some things you created for the trailer or were planning to put in the game, but the allegation, I think, personally, this is my own personal opinion, focuses more on what you're showing in the trailer, maybe things you want to do, maybe things you're planning to do, but they're not things you've actually done already and you're taking them and putting them in the trailer. This. 
it's an entire bullshit red herring argument that goes on here. Um, yeah, I can. De- no, go ahead. No, you're you're good. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, I can depend on exactly what you've, what 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 you what you have going on right now. Maybe it's not completely polished and ready to go, but you're still sticking in the trailer. So yep, you put that there so they see it, and I can kind of be okay with that. I, having not like having not played the game or know exactly what went on in the trailer, exactly every part mapped to this or that, I can't say for sure. But yeah, I, I give a little leeway unless it's just it's completely not what's going to be in the game at all. Uh, question two that or item two that they respond that Adam responds to most of the staff knew and openly said it wouldn't be ready for release in 2020. The point made in Jason's article, the reply you've talked with 20 people, some being ex employees, only one of whom is not anonymous. I wouldn't call that most of the over 500 people staff openly said what you claim. <sighs> point three. A few non-Polish staffers shared stories about coworkers using Polish in front of them, which violated company rules, made them feel ostracized. They said, were, were their coworkers talking shit about them? I'm not going to read the entire response here because the basic point in the article is just that since it was a bigger team than CD Projekt Red has ever really dealt with and multilingual, that they asked that emails and meetings and phone calls and everything be handled in English because that was the predominant language of the entire team. Uh, but... Yeah, sometimes casually, if Jason and I were alone together and German was our native language, we would speak German to each other. Uh, The article alleges that that didn't just happen in the confines of two people casually speaking German to each other, but in the confines of uh, more people being around that maybe all didn't speak German and that leading to some uncomfort level. Now, those are the stunningly out of this entire article. Those are the three things that Adam decides to respond to, Yad. Those are the three things that he decides to respond to. Um, One, we've already talked about. No, you had that chance. Thank you, Jason, for replying to Adam with exactly this idea. Adam, I appreciate the responses. As I'm sure you're aware, the team declined to respond to my specific questions or provide an interview before my article went live. But if you'd like to give your perspective on the topics you didn't cover here, I'm happy to chat any time. I love this reply, by the way, to uh, Jason's tweet coming from a Jack Love on Twitter. So CD Projekt Red declined to comment, only for them to later comment and picking out a few questions that they want to answer. Yikes. Right. Right. Yeah. It's... And and it's not just answering, either. It sounds like it's very... very angry answering. If you if you if you mm-hmm. catch my drift, defensive. That. Yeah, it's very defensive. It's right. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You know, you you can kind of see the see the furrowed brow and and, and the 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 your hand up. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. While reading that in your brain, and it's no, that's not how. No, <laughs> no. <sighs> what a mess to go with this what a mess what a mess yeah oh my god <laughs> but did you see they got multiple nines and tens out of tens on their reviews yeah oh yeah make sure to point that out yeah yeah i always love when that that's the point that it's going to be interesting to see where the company goes from here because i i just their their reputation is irreparably harmed here i don't think they're ever going to be the cdpr that people believed them to be prior to this 
Um, See, can they improve a little bit and maybe get back a, a little bit of that trust? Of course, you you can repair trust, but even in like a one to one personal relationship, any of you that ever have been lied to by somebody important in your life, you know how hard that is to rebuild. Now imagine trying to to do that across, you know, thousands and millions of people who you're asking money from. That's a big mm -hmm. ask, Jason. That's a big ask. Yeah. I mean, if, if I get anything out of this, if he's, if Martin and whoever else, Adam and so on are going to go on and say, yeah, we've owned up to this, we've accepted our mistakes, whatever. I'd like to know what they're going to do moving forward. The next time they're going to make a big game, how are they going to change things so this doesn't happen again? Because if they don't, if they don't enumerate the changes they're going to make, why won't it happen again? There'd be no reason for it to happen. Whether that involves different people in yep. different roles, people handling roles differently, whatever, whatever that takes, what what are going to be the changes that are made? Um, by the way, if you were waiting on The Witcher Four, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not coming for a while now. It's going to come after Starfield. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's going to wow. be a while now. For Doesn't Witcher the author of the Witcher article, the Witcher books hate them now? Doesn't he? Doesn't I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see yeah, any of that. I didn't see any of that. years ago. He wanted more back money or something. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. I do remember yeah. that now that you're really? saying that. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think a lot of it is how they're reacting, though, is the problem. Like, mm -hmm. like we said before with the video and, and with this response, if they just didn't say anything or if they just did a short, you know, I'm sorry, it's my fault, and that was it, it would be fine. <laughs> but they just keep digging the hole deeper. Yeah. You see, the problem is <laughs> that EA... Talking. Yeah! Companies like EA and Bethesda, they've screwed up enough before. They know how to do this. This is, their, this is the first time CDPR right. has messed up to this degree. They don't know how to do it. But but they can look. They, they can look over to the other company and go, hey, look, EA fucked up. Oh, Bethesda fucked up. How did they handle it? Oh, they shut the heck up. <laughs> Let's do that. Instead, well, they keep digging deeper. You want communication. It's just got to be proper communication. I, I think if you idolize anybody that wants you to buy something uh, off of them, you're already setting yourself up for disappointment. So <laughs> then something like this happens, and it just gets worse. Totally correct. My God. Uh, but I don't think it's deeper. unfair to say that when you compare like EA and all those companies that generally prior to this, whether you like looked at them and were like, oh, they're the pinnacle of gaming, you know, whether you took it that far, I think even the most casual gamer that is familiar with all these companies would say, oh yeah, CD Projekt Red, I think that's a more consumer friendly company than EA, than Activision Blizzard, than, than this. Maybe you don't say that now, you know, is, right. is, until is now. Yeah. Uh, all right, couple more quick hits, and then we're we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, if you were waiting for the Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts Legacy game, that I think it would have been fair if you thought that was coming out this year, based on when we we saw it at the Sony reveal show and and some statements that were made after that. That's actually been delayed now until 2022. It was originally planned to come out this fall. Now it's slipped into 2022. Uh, honestly, I'm not surprised, and I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, so it really doesn't bother me, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset at that one, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been interested in Harry Potter. I've watched the books, or watched the movies, read all the books. I've watched I've the books. Never, <laughs> I've still never actually played a Harry Potter video game. I know I've only had a few so far, but yeah, I don't know. I, Those look it, like it, some it, good books. Yeah, they, they do. They, they don't do they much. Taste good, too. I'm watching them. Yeah, yeah. 
they, they uh, but yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot of games like this. Games that were announced big at uh, either E3 or the Game Awards or whatever, with nice-looking release dates. I think a lot of those are going to get pushed forward as as COVID continues to uh, do its thing, despite all efforts or non-efforts otherwise. If you've been waiting for GameStop to fail, I guess you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Even uh, delayed by COVID. Yeah, that actually, uh, GameStop actually had a pretty good week last week. Um, financially, stock shooting up. So if you bought while things were low, uh, and I, I think our friend Zach might have bought some. Him and I were talking about this, but I don't know if he, if, if he actually pulled the trigger and bought some. Um, they announced some uh, board changes and bringing some more activist type uh, users to the board, which sparked a a nice little gain uh, in the stock market, which then prompted all the people short selling the stock <laughs> prior to that to go ahead and just sell off and be done with it, which gained the stock there as well. So it's been a pretty good week for, uh, for GameStop. Maybe you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that one to close. What did, what did you just link that so, for? So I put a link in the chat of like the live market of, of how GameStop has been. And if you look at that, it shows the last year and you can see that, yeah, it is yeah. doing really good. It's doing really well. But now click but click on the five year. Uh, see where, where it's coming from. Five year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, like little, it, little rough on the long term. Uh, yeah. yeah Re- don't hope Reggie fils is going to do good things for GameStop. He is one board member. He is one board member. Um, okay, finally, before we pick our games of the week, I've got to show these off. I just ha- I have to. Oh, yeah. So we had the consumer. This is the trailer we've been waiting for. Yeah, this is the... Do you want to start with the big one or the small one? I only see one additional thing here. There's two. There's two. Oh, we're going to talk about the mask, too. Oh, okay. That yeah, yeah, whatever. That that's whatever. You want to do the mask first, then? Yeah, get get, get that out of the way. Sure. Get the mask out of ah. the way. I All barely right. even noticed that with the other thing. All <laughs> right. So here we go. We're gonna talk about the Consumer Electronics Show 2021. Razor went in as they always do with some of their conceptual ideas uh, of products they want to make. Some things they have been working on and might be in testing. Some things that have done uh, betas or things like that. Right now, we're watching a video. Uh, now, to be fair, here, good Razor jumped in when there were shortages of masks and things like that, and so did a ton of uh, work getting PPE to people that needed it during the beginning of this coronavirus outbreak and things. Now we see Project Hazel. You can see it on your screen right now, which is a mask with a number of features, including the clear face shield so that you can, your lips can be seen not only for being able to see your face, but also for you know potentially users that are hard of hearing or do some lip reading uh, to be able to communicate. You've got two-way filters to kind of keep it from fogging up. Uh, they are uh, reusable as everything is can be cleaned in its UV cleaning box. They've also tweeted out some other things that they're saying, what what would you want to see knowing that if we do certain things, it will increase the price? Like if we add RGB, Jason, obviously the price goes up. If we add voice amplification of some type, then the price goes up. Um, one, I got to say, I hope we're not in a situation six months, nine months, a year from now where we still have to wear a mask everywhere we fucking go, at which point, why do I need this anymore? But let's say for some reason we are in a situation for the where the rest of our lives you got to wear a mask or should wear a mask to go anywhere, God forbid. Uh, I don't know. 
Does this do it for you, Jason? I think I would go a little cheaper <laughs> if I had to wear a lifelong mask. I don't think they give a price on this. But no, not yet. It's like I said, I, they still don't even know all the features they want. They've just been testing some uh, uh, prototype models. I mean, I got a little cheap. I think I bought for like two for five bucks. That's what I use. I might up to like 20 or 30 if I had to wear like a really long-term mask. This is probably at least triple digits, I'm figuring. So I, I Jack keeps throwing sixty dollars per mask, ten for the extra filters and stuff in oh, there. 60? I would imagine that this is going to be yeah. more. Like they don't know yet. I literally just saw on Twitter yesterday that they were saying we don't know what all features are going to go in here yet. So uh, you know, don't bank on that sixty dollar price tag being the final price tag if you read that somewhere. Uh, I see one or two big problems, Jason. Uh, Yod, you probably won't care about these problems. Jason and I, you, you, we will care about these these problems. I I understand why they're doing the sealing, you know, to make it seal across the entire face. I have a feeling glasses users on that nose bracket, that nose seal right there, are going to have a little bit of a problem depending on how high up the nose that that seal comes. Uh, there's only so high you can go on the nose. Before the glasses can't sit, they'll just keep slipping down. The other thing that I don't like, Jason, to go along with the glasses is the fact that this is yet another behind-the-ears item uh, when it comes to masks. It's already a bit of a pain in the ass slash pain point, depending on the mask I'm using, to have those behind my ears. And then, you know, I use, I use a behind-the-head tie at this point because masks that go behind the ears interfere with my glasses. Oh, okay. So... Uh, and this looks to be even thicker around the ears, like a little bit of rubber instead of just like a string. So uh, this annoys me on those two fronts. I'm hoping there'll be, you know, options that come out of that. Yod, you got uh, something you want to say about the... So so one thing, I, I actually, I'm actually wearing contacts right now, so I do wear glasses. <laughs> I did not know. Uh, I don't, I've never yes. seen you in your glasses. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I actually have very bad eyesight. Um, <laughs> hence the contacts a lot. Uh, but yeah, the, the nose thing could be an issue, but they have said that it is removable and you can get different nose pieces is one of the options that you can do. Yeah, that makes a little uh, more sense to have right. something that I can put a more shallow nose piece on so that my glasses can still use the top part of the bridge in my nose. Exactly. Um, the other thing is they, the air thing, um, they, they said, of course, it's, it's still a pr concept prototype, so they could change yep. that. Because a lot of the actual filtration masks that you see, like one of my friends does um, uh, Aliens Colonial Marine Armor. You know, he, he makes it. For, for like cosplay, cosplay stuff. For cosplayers and for the Universal Studios um, Halloween event. He made right. like a thousand some pieces for them. Um, and a couple video games too. But the mask that he wears is an actual filtration when he's doing sanding and stuff. And it does have the the X in the back. So, I mean, it might be something. You yeah. Can that's display. why I'm hoping that maybe this ends up having an option for, for right. that as well. Right. You know, it, they're it not, they're like not there's... insurmountable things. They're just my gripes on the yeah. prototype. If, if yeah. you're asking for my opinion on the prototype. Yeah. It looks like there's a lot of modular pieces that you can change in and out. Like uh, I, I like the concept of it. And unlike you guys, I, I don't know. I'm, I want it. <laughs> Lots With of modular pieces means give me that money, money, money. Exactly. But I mean, that's what Razer did with that desktop case. Remember? Oh, it's all modular. Yeah, it's also nine grand or whatever it was. What am I wearing right now? Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, minor Razer too. Yeah. yeah. 
see, 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 they get us. They get us with what they know we want. <laughs> All right, so last it, thing. Then we got to do game of the week and yeah. get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, okay, the okay, other okay. thing that yeah. Razor brought to the show was this. Now this I want. Project Brooklyn. Again, these are all concepts. These are not items that are necessarily ever going to make it to market. Uh, and if they do make it to market, may it's not going to be anytime soon. You're seeing consumer electronics show Oh my god. Concept. Look at that. Oh my god. This is a gaming chair with tactile feedback that has a retractable uh, OLED screen uh, to uh, really, really get you immersed in whatever you happen to be playing. Jason, you you already want it. <laughs> At first, I was like, I saw the picture. I didn't quite get that there was the, the, the screen there. I didn't get that. But I saw, okay, it's a chair. It's got kind of a neat... I like the, the, the bottom part. Of, like, it won't roll over your cords now because it's got the flat thing there. Then I watched the video. I'm like, okay, whatever. So they're going around on it. Wait, did that screen just come out of the back? Yeah. yeah. Watch holy it. It's, holy here it comes again. Holy, here it comes. Since I have heck? it on loop, here we go. Batman that oh. screen out, baby. Oh. Up and over, and then God. lower that bad boy into place. Oh my God! All right, I'm having a chair gasm. <laughs> <laughs> can we? Yeah, it's a flexible OLED screen. Yes, it is. Um, can we skip the fact that it looks like an adult high chair? Um, <laughs> once you Thank lock, you, Wally. <laughs> once you lock that table bar for your keyboard and mouse onto the arms of the chair. It looks like you're in a, uh, a an adult high chair. Uh, yeah. And dear God, please don't let the house catch on fire while I'm in this thing. <laughs> because <laughs> I might this not cost, make it. This costs more than the house, too. Up. Yeah, so we've got a 60-inch OLED screen. And let's forget the fact that it's flexible for a minute, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, just forget that fact. <laughs> let's just forget that fact right, right now. When you get a decent OLED screen uh, between like 60 and 65 uh, size inches, you're you're looking at let's say eight to thirteen hundred dollars just in the screen, just in the screen for an OKL OLED at 60 to 65. Um, maybe you'll catch it on sale, whatever. But we'll say eight to thirteen hundred. So being flexible and retractable dollars, right? Having the chair with tactile, you know, feedback as far as like vibration in the lumbar area and on the chair itself and everything, dollar dollars. That doesn't mention the fact that you can see all the wires coming off the back of that, Jason, that presumably would have to go to some type of high-powered PC to be able to run this damn thing uh, and hook up your mouse. So we're, the, you don't even see the PC here. That's a totally separate expense. I'm going to ask, oh, an RGB. RGB, of course. So, Jason, one, does this come out? I'm not asking when, but does it come out? Does it come for just general consumer purchase? And two, how much? I think it probably doesn't. Well, then, you don't, have, then you don't have to guess a cost. No, no. But if it did, what, probably maybe around, I don't even know what one of those screens go for, but I'd say for the total for the chair and everything, somewhere in the 1500 range. What? Does that sound about, does that sound about right? Or am I totally off here? I just said one of those, a 60 to 65 inch OLED by oh. itself is one is 800 to 1300. And that doesn't even count retractable, flexible, the chair. Yeah. The, you're thinking. Okay, so that's not, that's not too bad. 
I think they they would manage to man. I think they'd manage that fifteen fifteen hundred to two thousand maybe. Because the chair, oh. the chair is no. like three hundred uh-uh. or so. Uh uh-uh. uh. I think what? just the fact that they make the screen retractable uh, is, is going to yeah. add a grand by itself. <laughs> I, I I'm thinking we're looking at twenty grand at least. No, well, no. Cool. Yeah. I you know what I am. Totally happy with Jason. You bid two thousand as your high end. You say yeah. twenty grand. I'm gonna go two thousand and one and just prices right the shit out of this to get my ass right, on I'm the stage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the stage. I'm fine. I honestly, I feel like this is gonna be. If it comes out, it'd be a few years down the road anyway, right? We know that probably two. Let's say two to five years uh, down the road, which means OLED will become a little cheaper. Flexible OLED will become a little cheaper um, than it is now. I'd probably put this at about the 6K price point. I think it'd probably be between 5 and 7, so I'll put it right at the 6K price point. Um, maybe a little cheaper if OLED decreases faster, but 2 to 5 years from now, uh, although I'm going to go with no, I don't think it's going to come out. I think it should. I would buy one and remortgage the house for it, I guess. Uh, you just put another mortgage up there. Sure, why not? But yeah, I think it's, it's going to be between like 5 and 6K right in there. 20k god no no i, I like my setup oh. too much to, to to spend on something like that well we'll see we'll see yeah. let's get over yeah. and do our games of the week in this sign-off segment we each give you a game could be one we've played this week could be one we just want to recommend to you that you should definitely play nobody voted on last week's share the damn shows with your friends uh <laughs> otherwise there's no reason to keep doing it if none of your damn watching the damn things um we give you a game and you uh vote on which one of the three of us recommended the best game for you uh yad you can go first seeing so much of the outer worlds of you guys playing it and Faye playing it and stuff like that i, I think i think i need to check that out so i'm gonna say Outer Worlds. I'm going to go with, and I've done this one before, but since I've been playing it, I got to do it again. Immortals Phoenix Rising is a tremendous game uh, by Ubisoft. So I think it's kind of their little bit of a sleeper compared to the rest of their lineup for this year, uh, for 2020. This is just a fantastic game. Very funny writing, lots of action adventure, lots of go just get lost exploring the world. Can't recommend it enough, so I'm going to put it up for a second and final time. Jason? Well, you know, I've been streaming uh, Mass Effect Andromeda the past few weeks. Yeah, you've uh, created an internet phenomenon. Now everybody's streaming it. Everybody's playing it. It's super popular because of me, only because of me. So, yeah, it got crapped on when it first came out, and it's still janky in a few places and I, I actually really don't like the inventory system but whatever but it's still it it's still pretty fun it, it's still enjoyable and if you get it like i did for 10 bucks you know go ahead and check it out it's, it's worth the worth playing so if you're into mass effect got immortals phoenix rising mass effect andromeda and the outer worlds chat before or after the show here make sure you hang tight and once we wrap up post show uh we will be going live with torchwick doing his stream continuing final fantasy 6 you're you probably the estimate is you will finish this either today or next Saturday, but probably today. How you doing? Uh, well, I did some grinding off stream. I didn't do anything important. I just fought a ton of monsters. 
Uh, hopefully it's enough. However, I've heard that the Kefka is a jerk, and he will probably stomp on me more than <laughs> Probably, but you'll so, be going live. How? So now that you are basically at the end, we'll, we'll ask you uh, next week if you finish it, like your overall review, yeah. but what are you thinking about Final Fantasy VI as far as the other Final Fantasies you've completed so far in your first ever playthrough of six? I got to put it it's second for me. I, I have too much of a connection with Final Fantasy IX. I, that's not to say I think that's a better game as far as like actually playing them. They're, I'd give them equal. And Jason, how dare you? I'd put them equal. Uh, but like nine was the first one I beat, and so it's kind of got a sentimental. It gets the nostalgia it. bonus points. Yeah. You know the first Final Fantasy I beat was Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't back know why I beat them, proud of that. Back when I beat them, they didn't have numbers. Get off my oh. lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, chat, make sure you hang tight. Torchwick will be live right after the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back, of course, next Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern with Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up show. Yod will have the week off. We'll be bringing in Troy, uh, a.k.a. Noob Fridge, uh, to join Jason and I for next week's show. So, Yod... Until we see you again in two weeks, where can everybody find you and your cat? Uh, Yada Artworks on Twitter, Yada Artworks on Facebook, YadaArtworks.com, although I think I need to renew that soon. But yes, he doesn't have a website, but yeah. I, I post pictures of him sometimes on my Twitter. Mr. Winter. And I beat that Final Fantasy game during the Reagan administration, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, find me on Twitter at Winter Informal, streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter, and here at 8 p.m. Tuesdays after Snowbound. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, so you'll know exactly when we're going live with a show or a streamer. Stay safe. See you in the servers.